I'd like to uh, introduce uh, Parker Abercrombie. Um, Parker is the uh, lead developer uh, for uh, basically a suite of applications that um, encapsulate a very large group of functionality uh, that are generally called on-site. Uh, Parker has a really interesting specialization that crosses um, visualization, uh, 3D graphics, as well as uh, geographic information systems. Let's hear from Parker. Okay, thank you, Scott. Uh, hi, good afternoon. Um, I'm Parker Abercrombie from the Jet Propulsion Lab. And at JPL, I lead a project called OnSite that uses the Microsoft HoloLens to put scientists and engineers virtually on the surface of Mars. So today I'm going to be talking a little bit about the ideas and research that led up to OnSite, some of the capabilities of the system and how it's being used today, and how we've spun this work off into a couple different public outreach and educational offer offerings. So at JPL, I work in the operations lab. And in the ops lab, we try to take innovative technology and apply it to problems in space exploration. So in the video here, you can see some of our, our past work, actually some, some uh, similar things to what Scott showed. Um, and a lot of our focus over the past few years has been in virtual and augmented reality, and especially in head-mounted displays. And what led us to this, this domain is considering the, uh, kind of the plight of our user base, which are uh, geologists who study the planet Mars. So when geologists study Earth, they do this. Like they go out in the field with their colleagues and they lock, walk around and they look at the rocks and they talk about things and form hypotheses and, and test their assumptions. And when geologists study Mars, they do this. They sit at their desk and they look at pictures of Mars and try to imagine in their, in their head and reconstruct what does that place actually look like if I was actually standing there in the field. And the, and the challenge is that it's it's easy to look at pictures like this, but it's really hard to do that mapping. So here are some pictures of, of one area of Mars. This is the Kimberley region of Mars. And these are beautiful pictures to look at individually, but as you look at them, it, it's really hard to get a sense of what, what that area actually looks like. What is the kind of the bigger picture? So you can, you can go a step in that direction by stitching these together into a panorama. So now you at least have a little more context, but because you're taking a 360 degree view and you're squashing it down into this flat rectangle, it introduces a lot of distortions that are, that are not obvious if you're not trained to in interpret these kind of graphics. For example, in the, on the top frame, that curving white line is actually supposed to be straight in the real world. And on the bottom, there are these two rocks that look about the same size and shape, but the one in the foreground is a pebble and the one in the background is a boulder. And if you're, if you're new to looking at these things, it's not obvious that that's what's going on here. And you can train your brain to you know, figure this out and, and make the translation, but it's yet another hurdle to, to, to leap over to get to what you actually want, is just to understand the environment. So this led us to the, to the idea is, okay, what if we could give a scientist a headset that she could put on in her office and then walk out from her desk and see Mars, Mars all around her, as if she were actually standing next to the rover on, on the, uh, the surface of the planet. And in that immersive environment, she could create targets to investigate further or make notes and share the immersive view with her colleagues to discuss you know, the data and hypotheses within the space that they're actually trying to understand. So this led to a, to a number of experiments that, that eventually led up to, on, to on-site. So this is one of our first attempts. This is using the, the first-generation Oculus Rift. And then we, uh, we literally took a Vicon motion tracker and, and duct taped it onto the top of this thing. And then we built a, a, 
what's now a primitive looking reconstruction of an area of Mars. So it allowed a user to stand next to the rover, look around, walk around, and see the environment around the rover in, in 3D. And then to, te to test the, the um, effectiveness of the system, we, we designed a task. And we invited a group of users from the Mars rover missions into our lab uh, to, to perform this task. And the task was look at an area of Mars using both uh, a panoramic image from the official planning tools and this immersive system. And in those environments, there were uh, a set of marked targets. And the task was look at the targets and draw an overhead map of where those targets are in relation to the rover. And to get people started, we gave them a you know, start of a map with the rover in the center, and we gave them one marked target. So you had kind of two fixed points of reference, and the task was look at the environment and fill in the rest of the map. We found that using the immersive system, people were more than twice as, as accurate at estimating distance and more than three times as accurate at estimating angle, where ang angle in this case is a, is a bearing from basically north to, to where the target is. So here are the, those two um, error metrics plotted on a, on a scatter plot. And the, the X's indicate the performance of the users who used the, the panoramic image first. And you can see there, there's a variety of performance. Some, some people did quite well, and some people did not, not as well. So here's the performance of the users who tried the immersive system first. And in this case, all of the users showed very strong performance. And I think this is, this is very interesting because only one of these users had worn a head-mounted display before, and they got about a minute to familiarize with themselves with the system before starting the task. So I think it's very interesting that even novice users can perform very well when using this sort of system because it taps into the, the spatial reasoning skills that we develop instinctively as humans and we use every day. It's, this is the way that we're used to looking at the world. Um, so here are some of the maps uh, produced by the subject, or the, uh, the test participants. These are the maps produced, um, oh, sorry, I skipped a slide, actually. These are the maps produced by the, the last three uh, participants who used the panoramic image first. And we didn't choose these specially, they're just the last three who did the task. So on the, uh, on the upper row, we have the, the correct map of the scene. On the lower row, we have the maps produced by the three subjects. And the, I think you'll agree that they don't really look that similar. <laughs> so, so there, there's some, some uh, differences in interpretation in the scene. Now, here are the maps produced by those same three participants at using the immersive system. And I think you'll find that they're starting to look much more similar to each other and also much more similar to the correct answer. So we would posit that these three people are in a better position to start having a conversation about the, an area of Mars using a, a similar understanding of the, of the scene around them. So I'll show, I'll show one more, more graph before I move, move on. Here are all the data points for all of the users plotted um, on one set of axes where error, error in the two dimensions are the, uh, the axes. The uh, colors indicate um, the target identifier, and the X is the correct position of that target. So this is using the, uh, the panoramic image first. And here's using the, uh, the prototype immersive system. So you can see the variance has gone down a lot using the immersive system. And if we draw a, a, a bounding polygon around each of those target areas, you see using the immersive system, there's much less overlap of polygons, and the correct answer is starting to fall closer to the, cent the centroid of the polygon. So we're seeing more what we expect of just nat natural variation in a sample rather than fundamental um, misunderstanding of, of what we're measuring. Uh, now, the way, the way that the people were grouped is they, they used one system or the other first. And then we've kind of me measured them based on that. that. Does that answer your question? I think people did better at 
I'm, I'm sure it would, and that's a, that's a great point. Um, and I think that actually speaks to, to the first chart that I showed where some, even using the panoramic image, some people did very well. They did as well as people using the immersive system. So I think that goes to show that most of the, you know, our users are, are good at what they do, and that you can train yourself to overcome the, these limitations, but the technology is, a, the immersive technology is a tool that you can use to get yourself there faster with less training. So all of this work and, and thinking led up to OnSite. So OnSite is an application that we developed in collaboration with Microsoft using the Microsoft HoloLens to put scientists uh, virtually on the surface of Mars. So the, you know, to, to let scientists work on Mars from their offices. So this has been, uh, been in mission operations uh, since summer of, of 2016. And uh, rather than show you pictures of OnSite or, or talk about what it is, I'm going to actually do a, a live demo and give you a little taste of the system. Um, unfortunately, I did not bring enough headsets for everyone, so this is the, this is the best I can do. So in the, in the headset, I'm seeing Mars around me. Now, to share the, the, the view with you, we have a, a virtual camera that's looking at, at the same environment kind of from an audience point of view. And I'm trying to, trying to navigate to, to find myself. So I can, go, I can show both you know, a kind of an audience point of view looking out from the audience, or I can go to my point of view from the headset. So what you're seeing on screen now is, is fairly close, minus the, the sidebar, to, to what I'm seeing. So as I look around, I see a 3D model of, of Mars all around me. And I'm here with the, the Curiosity rover in the Kimberley region of Mars. So uh, we're, we're standing in, the, in Gale Crater. So as I look up to the horizon, there's a, a flat mountain ahead of me. This is Mount Sharp. And this is the rover's destination. Uh, the rover's actually in the, in the foothills, kind of over, over that way right now. As I, I turn, there's a, a line of distant hills. That's the, the rim of Gale Crater. So we're in this uh, crater. It's about 100 miles across. And what I'm looking at is a reconstruction of the Martian surface that we created from images that the rover sends back to Earth. So everything you're seeing is, is real data. This is, and there's no artistic retouching. So this is what Mars actually looks like. And I can bend down you know, as if I were actually standing on this rock ledge and really see the 3D geometry of, of this environment. So to create these models, we have a, a custom photogrammetry pipeline we developed at JPL to take the images that the rover sends back to Earth, stitch those together into a 3D model, and fill in with satellite imagery of Earth where we don't have any, any images from the rover. Because this has very good coverage, but we also do this for where the rover is today, where we, we may only have a few pictures. So we want to give both the highest resolution view of the environment that we can, and also give context for where we don't have that, that high, resi high resolution data. Um, and that process runs automatically in the cloud as soon as new images are downlinked. So we get downlinked uh, once or twice a day. And as soon as those images come down to Earth, we update our models so that our users can launch on-site on their headset and see where the rover is right now. Sorry. OK. OK, so let me, uh, let me come back to Earth now. <laughs> Oh, well, thank, thank you. <laughs> so I want, um, but before I, I move on, I want to actually touch on something that Scott brought up. This here is a, is a, 
of a kind of an artist's conception of on-site before the, the application was, was fully built and deployed. And what we're seeing here is, is uh, augmented reality where Mars is everywhere except on the user's computer. So the, the concept was, let me take my computer with me to Mars so that I can continue using the tools that I normally use. And let me use these two views you know, kind of seamlessly. And, uh, and we, we built all of this in an early version of on-sites where we would detect the user's monitor and cut that out of Mars. You, and we even had, you know, you could drag your mouse cursor off your screen onto the surface of the planet. Um, and it was really magical. Unfortunately, it was also really hard for the users to set up. So we had to, to kind of put that feature on the back burner um, in, in favor of, of ease of use. But this is kind of what I see as how did, how did these tools talk to each other? Because I don't think you, you want to have your VR tool and do your VR thing and then go back and do your 2D thing. I, you know, I'd like to see these streams converging so that data can flow between, you know, between them more seamlessly. So OnSite was, uh, was launched in the summer of 2016. We, at this point, have about 50 HoloLens units distributed to members of the, the MSL science team around the country, also a few in Europe. And we've seen consistent usage through all that time. Uh, we, we get uh, telemetry from the headsets, so we know how much users are using it, what features they're using, and what areas of Mars they're looking at. Um, and during that time, uh, OnSite has, has received consistent usage uh, and become a, a widely accepted part of the mission. So OnSite is a great tool for science and engineer, engineering, but we also think that this technology has a lot of potential to, to share the journey to Mars and other remote environments with the world. So we took the core of OnSite and we built uh, an experience called Destination Mars. So we took out the science planning features and we turned it into a museum experience that, where you can take a group of museum visitors on a guided tour of Mars led by a, a holographic capture of astronaut Buzz Aldrin. This was uh, installed at the Kennedy Space Center Visitor Complex in the, the summer of 2016. It ran for a, a pilot program of three months and served about 30,000 users. Uh, and I think what's really exciting about Destination Mars is that it, sh it lets people see the same reconstructions of Mars that our scientists get to see at, at work. So it's a really cool way of, of bringing the public along on that journey. Um, but unfortunately, it doesn't scale well because you had to actually go to KSC, to the Visitor Complex, to see it. So since then, we've been looking at other ways to, to hit a kind of a wider audience. And this past summer, we released an experience called Access Mars, this one in collaboration with Google. And Access Mars is a web VR experience that takes the same train models and takes you on a guided tour of Mars that runs on any modern mobile, uh, mobile phone, smartphone, uh, laptop, or VR headset. And So I think I'm um, about at time here. So I'll just, just wrap up by saying what OnSite does is show you data that's inherently spatial and, and let people have a situational awareness and virtual presence in an environment that's hard to visit. Mars is an extreme example of that, but there's a lot of other applications where the same idea can be used to create effect. So with that, I think I'm at time. So thank you very much for your attention. if there are from some from the audience. Hi, I was wondering if uh, there'd been any thought about uh, combining on-site with uh, the Mars yard and engineering simulations that go on when a rover's stuck or whatever?
Um, and one question over here. I'd, I'd, I'd like to just go back to a, a little bit before lunch. Someone was asking about how can you make this stuff more accessible to people? Like what kind of formats can you make it ready for VR? So my question is um, how can we get, say, a, a 3D model mapping of Mars? Like what format is, is that model in? Can I put it in my planetarium dome? Um, all of that. So. Test? Uh, that's a great question. I think that right now a lot of these VR applications are kind of uh, data silos. Um, the direction that, that we're interested in going specifically for Mars is adopting uh, open standards, in particular a spec called 3D tiles for representing uh, terrain content in a, a way that's hierarchical and easy to, to render in VR. So we'd like to release our Mars datasets in that format along with the reference implementation of how to interpret and render that format. And hopefully other tools will adopt it as we go forward. So I think uh, d data standards and, and uh, openly accessible software are my, my recommendation. Okay, we're out of time, we need to move on. So why don't we uh, have a round of applause for Parker. Thank you very much. <laughs>